Hey there, fellow nerds and ne'er-do-wells, and welcome back to the Adventurers Anonymous podcast, the home of improvised fantasy fucknuggetry. Come join us week by week as a rotating cast of geeks sip cocktails, play Dungeons and Dragons, and seek a glorious death. Well, at least that's what they would usually do. But I thought it was high time that we put down our dice and our daiquiris, and we had ourselves a little chinwag. Now, this is very much a podcast of two halves. In the first half, I give Chris, Matt and Raggy a good old-fashioned interrogation all about their characters, in a bid to give you lucky listeners a bit more insight into what makes them tick. And in the second half, we, after we've had our government-mandated half-times drink break, I will put them through their paces in a quick-fire quiz. Also, let's just acknowledge the fact that I woke up this week to discover that we had hit number 19 in the New Zealand Apple podcast charts under the category for games. Absolute madness. So thank you very much to all of our listeners down under and a big shout out to each and every one of you. As ever, this week's episode is not suitable for little ears. It's mostly improvised and entirely inappropriate. Listener discretion, as always, is advised. I'm working on getting us a government health warning. I'm pretty sure it's in the post. So, without further ado, go grab yourself a drink, pull your chair closer to the fire, and come join Chris, Matt, Raggy, and myself for this week's very special episode of the Adventurers Anonymous podcast. Please enjoy. sitting comfortably yes yes right we are of limited numbers this week uh who knows what lewis does in his spare time that's between lewis and god and chanel has just flown back in from hamburg in germany and boy so- are her arms tied <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's amazing man i think the 1940s want their, their, their joke back. Matt, Matt Durant swinging in with his new microphone set up to Whoa. absolutely snipe the shit out of everyone right there. <laughs> all these, all, no, I've been saying all this before. It's just, it's not been picked up by the mic. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a wit every single week. <laughs> right, we need to start off with a couple of apologies. Uh, Catman Jones, I was going to try out the cocktail you very kindly sent us in. I went down to my local bar intent on making the Hanash-themed cocktail. Unfortunately, they had a rum-tasting evening in, so if I sound like I'm half-cut, that is because I've sampled many, many, many rums from Siren, that is S-A-I-R-E-N, Siren Rums, made in Sheffield, where we hail from. Very, very good rums. Uh, we're not sponsored by them. We're not shilling for them. We're not even making a penny off them. But uh, if I sound slightly more inebriated than usual that's because i've been let's be, let's be fair though if, if anyone wrong. from siren hears hears this podcast we would very much be open to being sponsored by you well we, we might be able to fit you into our to our spots yeah. like, we're very yeah. busy with other sponsors but it's are. true we are we are hugely hugely busy uh matt who are we sponsored by this week um aws providing all kinds of uh cloud storage solution needs webinars and such we're sponsored by Amazon Web Servers. Yeah, yeah. Web Services. They're paying us wow. millions to say that. Really? So, uh, quick question, what are you going to do with your millions? Um, I'm going to spend it on low-cost S3 storage, providing uh, high-quality high data storage at a low, low price. 
Wow. Well. Couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, <laughs> you, you can take this, take, take notes. I'm planning. <laughs> um, other options are available. I'm going to um, back up my pornographic archive on floppy disks and uh, keep it in a desk drawer, which is almost the same. Right, as you may the have original heard. Data pool. The original pool. Oh, the original data pool. <laughs> Grim. Right, as you can hear, we are we are limited on people this week, hence we are having a bit of a very special Q&A session. We have, you've heard him already, your friend and mine, Matt Durand, the voice of Belsiar. How are you doing, sir? I'm good, thanks. Tell the people out there who you've got in your T-shirt, because they can't see it. Um, it's uh, the, the I want to say, third president of Finland, Urho Kekkonen, who was basically president forever. And then left and died. But he was like, he just, they were just like, maybe it's time not to be president anymore. And he was just like, yeah, I think I'll, I'll think you can't force me out. Like if people keep voting for me. So he just kept being president. Sounds democratic. Yeah. I like it. Uh, Raggy, we have indeed Chris Rag himself, the voice of everyone's favorite green skin, Hanash. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing very well. Thank you. I, I enjoyed the cocktail shout-out. I particularly enjoyed the metal straw finish, I will say. Mm. That, that made me giggle. Motherfucker yeah. won't tell us why a metal straw. I asked him why a metal straw, and he just said, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you what that means. Also, Raggy, it's weird not seeing you in a cardigan. I feel like... I know, I'm a sporty rag today. <laughs> sporty rag. There was Sporty Spice first, and now, no, no, Ooh. this is an audio medium. Getting your thigh out isn't going to help the listeners. Adventurers Anonymous. This is a PG podcast. Yeah, this is a PG podcast. <laughs> this is a PG podcast. I'm out. <laughs> I can't do it anymore. And finally, but not least, we have everyone's favorite gnome sad boy, Chris Neal, voice of Tatty by Jangles. How are you doing with your backwards cap? What's up, heeples and sheeples? Uh, I'm uh, I'm channeling the channeling the, the the spirit of a much younger man with my backwards <laughs> cap uh, at, at the minute. Uh, I've also been told that wearing this cap makes me look like a, a podcasting pro, so I'm going to keep it on. Wow. Okay. Speaking of speaking of much younger men, it was recently your thirtieth birthday. It was my it was my thirtieth birthday. Um, that's that's all anyone's going to hear about that. And I heard some amazing people got you a cameo. Video recording, apparently. They sure did. They got me, uh, I can't remember what his name is off the top of my head, but it's the guy who plays Garrett in Community to do a cameo for me. Uh, and it was, when I tell you that it was the best present that I've, that I've <laughs> potentially the best present I've ever had, um, it, I, I'm, not, I'm not exaggerating. I, 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 I couldn't have asked for, for anything better. He genuinely, again, I don't know who the actor is, but I know Garrett, and uh, the actor looked a little bit bemused when we asked him to talk about Tatty losing his fingers and being in an open <laughs> relationship with a wolf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, it was how he interspersed it with, with references to, to Tatty in the podcast with references to community. So when he talked about like marrying his legal cousin, I was like, is, that's not a podcast reference, right? That's a reference to community. Yeah. Let's let's Eric Eric Charles Nielsen check him out on Cameo. He's very good. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. He's our sponsor this week, uh, along with AWS. So, <laughs> are you all ready for some questions? Yeah. Brilliant. Right. I've tried with 
with all best intentions to keep the questions broken down into characters. So I'm addressing these questions, characters, but of course, if you have anything you want to throw in, don't feel like it's only one of you that can answer. You can obviously all wade in with your, you know, highly valuable opinions. And then I've got a little bit of general questions afterwards. And then if you really behave yourself, I've got a fucking quiz later on and you can win some bonus XP points. Uh, Right, question number one. Let's start with a biggie. Chris Neal, how does it feel now that you've got Barbara back? Because we haven't had one of these since you, you, you lost Barbara for a while. What's it like having Barbara back? Uh, it's, uh, is this answering from Tatty's perspective or my perspective? Nobody cares. We're not okay. that kind of podcast, <laughs> Chris. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it, it, it feels good. She's, uh, she's, she's like a, a, a part of my soul has, 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 was gone in that period when, uh, when Barbara wasn't with us and then rescuing her from the animal pound um, was, it was, it was like a delayed end to the, to the like prison arc uh, when we got her back. Yeah. Mm. I was like, when did she go? Yeah. I feel like it's been several months since we had a long rest. Uh, so I often think about the rules too, Chris. Uh, sometimes when I can't sleep at night, I think about all the ways in which we've infringed the rules, and then I think, fuck it, who cares? That's all, all these massive stacks of gold coins that should be weighing us down. Well, again, not to get straight <laughs> off the beaten path on the first question, but there definitely is a different way of playing D&D, and if we wanted to, I could hold you all to account for how much weight you're carrying around, but that sounds fucking boring. Why would you play it? Sorry to the... Um, game developers at Wizards of the West Coast. But uh, why would you play a fantasy? <laughs> West Coast, Wizards. Oh, is it Wizards of the Coast? Just the coast. Oh, are they, are they omni-geographic? <laughs> Wizards of the Coast. Oh, shit. I always thought it was Wizards of the West Coast. You heard it here first. Oh, sorry about that. I don't mean to be racial. So um, technically, there's only one coast, because it just goes around. West Coast. Yeah. Um... Sorry, yes. Um, I'm not the kind of per- I'm not going to get stuck down in dogma. I really don't want to get stuck down in rules, and I find it really fucking boring. And I'd rather everyone had a good time. And I don't want you to be having a wonderful character moment, and me be like, oh, "I think you'll find you can't pick up that small rock." Do you know in a computer game, the worst bit of any computer game, Chris Neal, you play a lot of open world computer games where you're having the fucking time of your life, and you pick up like uh, a slice of cheese, and you can no longer run because you're. <laughs> and you're like fuck off Is, tell me you've played Skyrim without telling me that you've played Skyrim yeah. you're like I'm carrying 14 broadswords a crossbow like I think I can okay. fit in a small slice of cheese yeah. every time I've replayed like Oblivion there's a moment in like the opening dungeons where I've picked up everything and then I have to google how to drop things again and it's like <laughs> <laughs> you can tell how far you've got in by the point where I'm like, okay, now I can no longer move. It was yeah. like shift click or control click or yeah. I find it's very different games for me because more it's like San Andreas when I get too fat to run. I like to call yeah. that the inventory enema. 
where you're halfway through a game in a dungeon and you're just shitting out inventory <laughs> left, right, and centre. <laughs> um, right, so I mean that that pretty much answers that question. Thank you very much, Chris Neil. For the listeners, um, Tatty got separated from Barbara whilst on trial. Um, they got sent to um, penitentiary, and uh, Barbara got sent to Port Zune. Um, Animal Pound. I mean, if you haven't listened to that, that is spoilers, but yeah. Uh, and after many an adventure, they got reunited after one of the most shit-speckled heists I think I've ever seen in my life. Um, which has some of our more obscene and disgusting moments in it in a sewer. Mm. Um, okay. Sticking with the Chris Neal uh, trip. When you fought the orcs around the cottage, how many months ago that was, did you think for a moment that might have been it for Barbara? Because she took some real fucking damage. She was like a lupine pincushion at one point, just getting pebble-dashed with arrows. Um, Barbara is a furry nuclear missile. <laughs> uh, and I, it, it's partly down to me not using the right stats for Barbara. We were using the stats for a a full direwolf rather than using the stats for a, a beast companion for a ranger, uh, which has since been amended. Um, I I don't think I really connected with the idea that she could have actually died because I think we knew that, I think by the time she fell to zero hit points, we there was only one guy left and we knew that he was about to die. Um, or it was either one or two guys left, something like that, but I knew that the fight was almost over and that, Aristobulus's turn was coming around pretty quickly, um, and that he'd be able to he'd be able to heal her. If not, I probably would have I I probably would have ran back and um, used a used a health potion. Um, but I think it's more in it's more in Tatty's wheelhouse to just stay angry and kill the person that that downed her um, to get tunnel vision a little bit, yeah, uh, rather than to actually try and try and do something useful. Does she get same same rolls, or if she gets to zero, does she just die? No, she she'd get she'd get death saving yeah, throws. Okay. I mean, yeah. I think we all know, Chris. In the Bible, it says animals don't really have souls, so I think she just wow. ceases to exist. Really? Wow! I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna tell Shan that you said that, uh, and she's gonna she's gonna beat you. That's, that's between me and Shan. Um, so oh, where were the death saving rolls? <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> so, so for the listeners this all goes back long before we started recording uh Belsier used to have a small family of otters which he once met by a river by a stream and uh he kept them inside his robes much like someone from the west country keeps ferrets down the front of their trousers and um the adventure party were fleeing a fire that was spreading through a woods and they were lagging behind as everyone ran, and Belsiar decided to try and use Ice Knife to try and quench the flames, and in the resulting shitty rolls, managed to turn his otters into flying mincemeat. Frozen mincemeat, in fact. Um, Consistency so of frozen corn mince. We, we, may, we may come back and reference that later in, in a, in a Belsiar-themed session. Um... But yeah, are, are you saying, Chris Neal, that uh, you don't think I'd kill Barbara? Do you think I've got it in me? 
No, absolutely not. You have, I mean, even before the comment about animals having no souls, I know that you would have no qualms about uh, trying to trying to kill Barbara or any one of the party, really. Um, mm. It could be anything. It could be a could could be a random aneurysm. It could be <laughs> a wayward arrow. I mean, a wayward roof tile. Who fucking knows? This universe is chaotic. If you're not getting your fancy prostate check. Then you need to be careful. That's all I'm saying. You're gonna, you're gonna do one day. You just roll a D100, and you'll be like, "Oh, um, taxi, oh. you, you suddenly feel a pain in your prostate, and you yeah. fall to the ground and die." Yeah, I just <laughs> gave you, I gave you the option to get it checked. And remember, that's the level up. Years ago. When we were, when we were in that clinic. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the level <laughs> I'm going to start playing this game at now. Okay. Right. Well, there we go. That that's a um, distinctly Chris Neal themed style of questions for Tati. Mm. Uh, Hanash, I'm going to start picking on you now. Um, so, in all things Hanash, and I feel like when we talk about Hanash, Hanash is probably the character that we know the least about because we don't often really talk about your backstory. We talk about your amazing adventures in the present for which you've gone through a wonderful transformation we talk about the landmark moments that have happened to your character, such as um, when a chaos god spoke to you in your dreams, and you know that's where your rage comes from. But I went back; I was clearing out an old laptop, and I found the notes that I wrote for you all years ago. When I weirdly, for the listeners, I created the characters. I know traditionally in D and D, it might usually be up for the players to create their own characters. But uh, these wonderful people knew absolutely nothing about D&D, so I thought, fuck it. I wasn't really sure how much creativity they had. I'd never actually met anyone other than Chris Neal at the time, so I didn't want to make assumptions, so I just crafted a bunch of players. Now, interestingly, Raggy, if you go back and you look at the little paragraph I wrote you, it says... I remember what it says. Oh, what do you think it says? This is a good game. Uh, so I was an army man, like my father before me. Very close. Is that right? Close, you're close. Yeah, uh, but that's all. That's all I remember, and I remember having daddy issues. <laughs> uh, and and like, was I like? Um, I feel like I was. I was thrown out of it, or I can't remember if I left through my own volition. Very close. But, I like that. I, I like that. Very close. You were a disgraced police officer mm. under investigation for beating a criminal who was um, currently in your custody. And you, you were basically on, uh, you'd, you'd been, um, what do you call it, where um, you'd be put on gardening leave, basically, whilst the investigation, you were propping up the end of a bar um, in Port de Mali or somewhere thereabouts. And um, yeah, you, you'd basically, you'd, you'd, you'd smashed about a criminal, like proper, like old school policing technique. Um, so my question to you, You've already ruined the first part of the question about whether you remember it. So my, <laughs> my second quickly improvised follow-up question is, do you think there's a future for Hanash in law enforcement? Do you think maybe once this... this can, can you see Hanash going back to the long arm of the law? I don't think so. I think we'll probably see more of Hanash's past come out. I've got a few ideas for why, where the kind of daddy issues come from that I'm like between a couple of different stories. So I think we'll see a bit more. Funny thing is, AJ didn't even mention the daddy issues. You're just like, yeah, you're that's, just that's all you. Right. 
It's very, it's very, yeah, it's very I, open. I, yeah, very like, uh, that's, that's why I joined the force, man. Uh, <laughs> so open when I beat it. <laughs> <laughs> you love me, oh, daddy. <laughs> why do you keep calling me daddy? Shut up. Hanash's <laughs> mother was, was killed in the line of duty and he knew he had to become a police officer. That's not canon, by the way. I just made that up. I was, I was close to one of the options, but, uh, but yeah. Not sure yet. Interesting, interesting. Because I never think of him as a law enforcer. I think of I think of Hanash as kind of his vibe is more intimidating, pooey on the ground while sneering. I'm like a like a seventies New York cop. Yes, like, like I, I'm like a cop from the purge. Like, <laughs> like a, yeah, it's like your your vibe very specifically is cop like cop from the purge, but with the soundtrack from Shaft. Yes. Wow. <laughs> Before this, I was trying to think like my character, like who could I like look to, and I kind of feel like the, the intellect of Drax. Yeah. Where, like he can like look at a battlefield, and he's quite knowledgeable and like intelligent in that sense, but he's very dumb outside of that. Yeah, yeah, outside yeah. of that arena. Yeah. Hmm. He understands. He understands battle tactics, but he doesn't understand why they work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He just knows. He just knows that they work because he's used them before. He's got like battle eagle vision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just there that highlights what he needs to do. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I, I don't often think of Hanash as a law enforcement kind of person. I think of him as chaotic good. I think of him as a good person, but you're 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 the most chaotic character. Whether it's blowing yourself off a cliff with a um, uh, blunderbuss <laughs> or flinging shit at like passersby, like I think of you. But I think you're more you're more aligned to good. I'm not hundred percent sure that Aristobulus is always aligned to good. I think Aristobulus is aligned to whatever the fuck he wants to do. Whereas I feel like Hanash. So there's there's an episode. By the time this episode goes out, the previous one will have come out where uh, the characters have to navigate a set of, uh, like a puzzle with a chessboard with loads of symbols on it. And um, if you haven't listened to it, one of the characters gets in trouble and gets attacked. And Hanash is the first character to leap in. He sticks a dagger between his teeth and leaps in. And, and you like, there's a certain good nature about your character. He's a hero, he's a fighter. He's not one to back off from things. Whereas Aristobulus, I think, is pure fucking chaos and only really in it for himself. Um, yeah, Aristobulus is, is the is the real meaning of chaotic neutral. Yes. Yeah. That, yeah. 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 I think I think he really is. Um, okay. 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 Um, next question for Mister Rag. Um, we've already covered a little bit of this. To what degree do you have to method act being somebody who's haunted by their own demons? Does that come naturally for you? Or uh, do you have to keep on reminding yourself that Hanash is a slave to um, higher demons? Um, I feel like it's it's not it's not too similar to me. I, <laughs> I mean, I've, I've, I've done some of the things Hanash has done, for sure. But are you willing think, to elaborate on that for the listeners? Uh, 
We can redact I mean, it. We can beep it all out. I, I've, I've definitely peed in places I shouldn't have peed. Oh, yeah. Let, 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 let's right. put it that way. That's for sure. <laughs> and that, that's why I had a hush move when he, like, pooed off the side of the court stand. Yeah. So, yes. Uh, but then fell in it. He didn't just take yeah. a shit. He, he fell 40 foot into his own shit. It's a, like, surprisingly political statement as well, just, like, shitting on, <laughs> shitting, shitting on the court. <laughs> Um, but you know, I, I find it quite easy. Like when I'm playing Hunter, like well, as soon as I start playing with it, I'm like in every moment, like what's the dumbest thing I have yeah. to do? <laughs> uh, like okay, it'll probably go for that. Yeah, you know? like and it's always like kind of things that don't really affect anyone. Like he doesn't like to hurt things, he hurt people. Yeah, I think it's because he's got daddy issues. He likes to show off. And he likes to like make a prat out of himself to get attention. I think that's what it is. That's just bit all right. We're gonna we're gonna have to revisit this. I didn't really plan this question, but you've said it so many fucking times now. Are you willing to unpack these daddy issues? Obviously, Hanash is. Uh, we we can talk about your um, own daddy issues over a rum sometime. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> what what's going on with um, Hanash's parents? Well, hang so, on. Um, so hang on. Sorry, just a butt in there. He's half orc. So which way round is it? Is his mum an orc? Is his dad an orc? What way round is that working? So his dad's the orc, ah, and yeah. I'm in between two stories at the moment. So either I've got he's either like my dad's like a hard ass, and yeah. I've got a, I've got a sibling sister who is way better than Hanash in dad's eyes, and mm-hmm. I've got to try and like I'll match her, similar to um, Avatar Last Airbender. The, the like, <laughs> Initial bad man in that. The the um, uh, Shyamalan Knight film. No, no. <laughs> oh, get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> or uh, I don't know my father, and I was a bastard of his to like a high ranking policeman, Ooh. and that's why I joined the force to try and get close to him. Wow. I'm not sure which story I want to go through yet, but those are my two options. Okay, wow. okay. Neither of those are canon. Neither of those have been revealed within the storyline of the podcast. Uh, but you heard it. You heard it here first. Presumably, your dad popped out for some milk, and he'll be back any minute. Uh, Fifteen, years, <laughs> 15 <laughs> years later. Um, that's interesting. I've never really seen him as a guy who's driven by dad issues. But then again, he's your character, and I, I think I respect all creative choices. That's brilliant because he is definitely a hero. Um, there are definite natural heroes uh, and natural cowards within the group, but I don't think anybody relishes defending the <laughs> rights of other people or throwing their own body on the line quite as much as Hanash. Um, I, I, and as, as a human being, you are definitely the happiest, Raggy, when you're beating the living crap out of a make-believe character, <laughs> I think. Um, you, you know, Especially when, the NPC. Those yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I think that's nice. Interestingly, I really like the way another thing I'm just going to throw in the mix here and feel free to uh, tell me to shut the fuck up. Anytime there's a weaker character in an NPC, you very much have little time for them, whether it's <laughs> children or salespeople or whatever. Now that, now that we hear that thing about like potentially Hunash's sister, like that is, that's so interesting the way that he reacts to having like a... I don't want to say a subordinate, but someone who would, who could potentially look up to him if he played it differently. But instead, he's just like, shut up, Jeffrey. <laughs> yeah, very much like Jeffrey. It, it, it's interesting. Like, I, there's either a really amazing kind of kindergarten cop kind of movie tie-in coming up down the line where you're a fish out of water having to look after kids. 
or I don't know, but I, I do find I do find that side of things um, really really interesting. Right? Yeah, right. I never really thought of that, about that, and that's how it happens. But yeah, you're totally right. Every time there's a weak character, like the the child in the church, and, mm-hmm. and the two boys, and, and the girl, yeah. and the golem. Yeah. It's like not a lot of small characters. I mean, the golem's know. not weak. Also, we haven't really. We didn't. No, we bit passive, I guess. Uh, he, he is. Yeah. I like yeah. the fact as somebody as AJ, I'm terrified of mannequins. I can't fucking stand them, and it really wigs me out in shops. Like, there's just something supernatural about mannequins, like almost Hoovian. I think they're going to come to life and start wandering around. But you did not like the golem. Um, what was that about? I'm the big man of the group. Like I was moving balls and he came with bigger balls. Like, yeah, yeah. my job. So I was getting a little bit insecure there. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I think I had to white fang the uh, the golem <laughs> just for fear that you would you would have some kind of slow mental break. I, I put him on wheels and push him off a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> no one would know. Last time we saw him, he was just moving rocks. I don't know where he went. I'm in some uh, No, that's not true. Last. Oh no, hang on. The listeners, the listeners haven't. No, we're gonna have to. We'll have to. We'll have to cut all of this uh, out. Well, um, no, the listeners will have um, met the golem by now. The golem's. Um, yeah. All oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The first in like two episodes, they will have listened to the first one. Assuming you've got that far. If you haven't, I'm sorry. We'll have to put a spoiler alert in. But hey. Um, that's interesting. Yeah, the the um, non-specific geographic golem that could have come from anywhere. Uh, that's that's interesting. That that Raggy is not a fan of him, right? You've been uh, slumming around in the background until now, Matt. But now is ah. your opportunity. Um, you're practically horizontal there, Matt. How how bored are you? You're no, it's it's it's. It's a sign of how comfortable I am. I uh, presume you're also doing work emails whilst we talk about uh, other people's characters. <laughs> so, Mr. Belsier, here's a question for you. How does Belsier feel about Cato? Um, I think he's a bit of a he's a bit of a potential friend and ally, but he's also an animal and a and a and kind of like a, a pet, and I think Belsia is aware of how horrifically bad that tends to go for otters uh, in his care. Um, I think he kind of sees Cato as kind of uh, a potential kind of friend and ally and, and, and partner, but also not like a liability, but like a just a just another connection that might go wrong. Like if if Cato were to Die horribly in a in a ball of flame, as tends to happen to to any living creature around Belsia uh, after a certain amount of time. After the revelations that we've discovered about Belsia's love life, do you think possibly that Belsia has looked for love amongst his own species, especially the the brief glimpse, the glimmer of a romance that he had in the penitentiary? Um, do you feel that Belsia maybe finds love? easier amongst the animal kingdom than maybe he does amongst other... He's not going to fuck a crow. Like... <laughs> we've all... We've all... We've all been... Yeah, I'm not that swear, but the way it is. We've, we've, we've all bought, AJ. We've all... <laughs> I was going to say, we've all been beaked off. Which is what I was going to say, and it's not pleasant, all right? <laughs> 
I, I just feel that's interesting what you say about your burden of care to Cato because you don't have a great track record A in love and B in animal husbandry but in the episode that's just aired you literally put Cato down on a trap and get him shot in the face so <laughs> does the burden of responsibility really exist or is he just a feathery meat shield I think it's a little bit like um again it's like he's not I don't think um Belshaw has really internalized the possibility of actual death happening, especially to Kato, because, you know, in the average D&D situation, and anyone who dies is just a just to stabilize away from not dying. Um, Ooh, that's interesting. Because I think that's, I mean, it's like comic books. It's like the only people who stay dead are Uncle Ben and... The Rice Baron. The other guy. The Rice Baron. Um... Now, this raises an interesting point. Now, now I'm a bit of a nerd. I'm sure we all like to play D&D, but I, I like most comic books, and I've got time for quite a lot of comic book heroes, but I particularly have no time for Superman because in the grand scheme of things, within the rules that surround his universe, there's not really much that can go wrong with him because he's basically immortal and the sunlight heals him and blah de blah de blah blah But, you know, there's got to be a certain amount of jeopardy and that's why I like Batman, because he's just a millionaire in a gimp suit. Like, he doesn't have any specific powers other than millions of pounds. Imagine if Elon Musk basically put on rubber and started stalking the night. That's Batman. And that's interesting to me. I can see Raggy's eyes going there. Raggy's thinking, yeah. Um, whereas Superman I'm less interested in, because there's not really much... Guns don't harm him... You could possibly harm his loved ones. I suppose you could do him emotional damage that's been visited. But do you, are, you, are you basically saying that the concept of eternal death is not a possibility in, in the universe we play in, or you don't fear it? I do think in D&D, like... Um, I mean, obviously, it depends on, you know, other, other role-playing games are available. I quite like in... Um, <laughs> Monopoly. Uh, in, Monopoly <laughs> in Monopoly, when you die... Um, you know, obviously there's the inheritance rules, which everyone's familiar with, Gavelkind, and you have to then split out your property. And but you keep playing in Monopoly when your character dies. No, no, um, no those rules, but yeah, I'm with you. No, oh, mm. that might just be me. Um, but I do think, like, I think the other, the only other RPG we've ever really played is Paranoia, where death is so cheap that you crush me like a joke. You crush me yeah, between like, a wall you, and a fucking barge. You just get crushed to death, and then you step out of the nearest cloning tube, ah. and mm. it's like not actually any. There's no actual setback there. I th- I kind of feel like in D and D, it's a bit too. Um, it's a lot easier than say most like computer RPGs, which are the only other exposure I've had to RPGs. Like in a in a in a CRPG, once you're dead, you have to reload the save game. Whereas in it's, I think it's very hard to die in D and D. Like certainly, we've never even we've never really even come. Very like I don't think any of us have ever had death saving throws except maybe one. Tati has. He fell in a cauldron of soup just before we started recording the podcast. <laughs> okay. they, were, they were they were they were more like survival skill checks. They weren't like actual death saving throws. I think, I, think, I, think one or, I think one or two of us had death saving throws when we fought against Maud when she was the Belair. Um Yes, that's yeah, yeah, episode I think two, nearly three. I think maybe three, three. Yeah, Tat, uh, not Tati. Hanash 
and this is why I miss it because as a DN, as a DM, I'm always thinking, what can I do to um, create wonderful storylines and make them? And I'm, I kind of feel like Father Christmas, and I want to hand out dynamite because Hanash is so much fun with dynamite, and when Hanash has dynamite, fun happens. But I think. Like when there's always biscuits in the biscuit tin, who wants biscuits? And I don't want it to get boring, hence I give you things like harpoon guns just for the shits and giggles. Mm. But when Hanash has dynamite, it's so much fun. You know, you blew yourself through a hedge. You tried to, I don't know if you remember this, Raggy, but you tried to run up to the bullet and stick some dynamite in his mouth, I think. Yes. You, missed, you missed time the fuse and blew yourself backwards through a hedge. <laughs> A core memory for Hanash. I, I think Hanash could have a, a montage of blowing himself backwards. I know. <laughs> there, there are, as a DM, there are definitely moments. It's just a clip of Tobias Funke saying, I blew myself. <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely moments as a DM where I wonder whether Hanash is just intentionally rolling natural ones, but I don't question it because I'm like, this makes a great narrative, like, blowing yourself backwards off a cliff top when you blew the blunderbuss up and stuck a shard of metal into your own head. Um, they just made for great, great storylines. So I, I, I'm just like, fuck it. I, I believe that you're not intentionally trying to kill yourself. <laughs> but yeah, maybe, maybe one day. I'm, I'm, I do tend to err towards the rule of cool rather than being a stickler for the rules. But I'm not, you know, I'm not against murdering characters. I think. Yeah, I mean, um, uh, saying saying that, please don't kill us all next episode, because just because I said we should um, have a bit more. I mean, by all accounts, I killed Theolian for a long time uh, mm. until I didn't, and I brought him back in some sort of Dallas style fucking uh, sort of boogaloo. Uh, right, okie dokie. Right, next question for Mr. Belsiar, and the last of the character specific questions. Has having the opportunity to play a one shot with Belsiar's self, like having the young Belsiar one shot, and we're going to do more of those hopefully. Um, has that changed the way you think about your character in the present, getting the chance to play out his youth? Yes, because um, the the kind of the fun thing about what we do as D and D players is like all of the all of the sitting down, and I've I've done that with Belsia. Like I've sat down and written out his backstory. Huh. Um thank you for sharing it. Yeah, like to. <laughs> have I not sent you? Did I not? Nah, sorry. Don't worry. It's fine. <laughs> um, like I've 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 sat down and kind of like thought like, well, what's his? What is his? Um, where's he come from? What's his backstory? And when you've got like a blank piece of paper in front of you and you're writing it down, that's one thing. But when you're actually in his head in the weird boarding school where he's like a uh, like a snotty, snobbish trust fund kid whose dad is a professor, once you start playing that out inside his head, it's com- it's something you could never get from write- just writing down because you because then you're like, well, yeah, he probably would be like really obnoxious and bigoted to just try and fit in. Um, which is something you just, when you're in, when you're actually playing out those scenarios, you, you, you can have a kind of clarity of what his character actually would be like. And just like coming up with interesting things that you'd never think of just outside of the, of the game. So it's like, yeah, that's the, the magic of D and D. Interesting. That, 
that puts it above like my experience with like creative writing and stuff. Mm. Um, turning this into a turning a, a sheet of A4 paper into like a collaborative experience where you're just bouncing ideas off people and and then you're like, oh, this is something. It's not a game. It's not a TV show. It's not a book. It's its own thing. Yeah, oh, that's interesting. Uh, maybe one day we'll get to see a uh, young Hanash one shot where we can see him breaking fingers to get confessions. <laughs> as a as a ten year old. Oh my god! It's like Max Payne. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Rest in peace, Max Payne. Okay, that draws a line under the character-specific questions. Before we go for a drinks break, I've got a couple of uh, more generic questions that any of you can feel free to jump in on. And then after the drinks break, I am going to do a quiz that all of you can jump in on. Right, uh, more generic questions for anyone who gives a shit and cares to answer. Are there any strands of story that you feel drawn to revisit um, unresolved strands of story is what I should probably say. Yeah, off the top of my head, um, I uh, Tatty has something um, in his head from the um, from when he met Mellifluent's Belchcrack on yes. her deathbed and promised to find her daughter. I think it was. I have my notes somewhere that says... I'm sorry, when you where, say you met her on her deathbed, you killed her. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, she was perfectly healthy when you met her. You shot her in the fucking chest and killed her. That was, that was like, 90% gravity. Okay, uh, right, good, yeah. And you also act like she didn't attack us beforehand. But when we found her on her deathbed... Okay. Um, it seemed like that, that enmity had been uh, almost resolved. Uh, and and she managed to extract a promise from Tatty, which was uh, to go find her daughter. Um, I think that it, she was a she was a goblin, wasn't she? Yeah, malevolent wasn't as was her daughter. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tatty has a Tatty definitely has a has a soft spot based on his based on his backstory and his past experiences. He has a soft spot for kind of creatures and races that are kind of almost pigeonholed a little bit like goblins that are like sentient species but are seen as seen by some as you know just uh monsters or like red shirts that are used in a fight as like um cannon fodder Hmm. okay yeah 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 chris matt have you got any random unresolved story plots you'd like to revisit I have to think of one. I, I like to uh, like the Plank King's like lieutenant, you know, like the really big guy. Oh like when we, yeah. When we fought, was it the sirens or uh, the har- uh, <laughs> when we fought the harpies and that guy was like slaughtering them? I'd, I'd like to go back and like kind Ooh. of battle him and like. Oh no, I just thought like, oh man, I feel like I chickened out and I need to, I need to go get me some. Tyrus the Black, his name was. Yeah, and, Tyrus the Black, and uh, he killed McBeanie's wife. And yeah, you, so, you yeah, never followed that up. Uh, we weren't high enough level, I don't think, to follow that up. We'd, no. we'd have been crushed at the time. When you so. were like a level one or two, you met a dragon turtle. And... We almost met a dragon turtle. Oh, yeah, you almost met a dragon turtle. You may have seen because I, I was going to say, the dragon turtle, not from Tatty's perspective, because he didn't know it was there, um, but 
I when we're high level, I want to go back and take a ship out and hunt that shit. All right. All right. I want to. I want to kill that dragon tail. That makes sense. Matt, have you got anything? Uh, do you want to go back to the grave of the otters uh, and weep or? <laughs> No, never, I can never go back. I, I second the um, the whole pirate, the, the short-lived pirate phase. Like, mm. um, I miss that, like, sailing the seven seas. Because I feel like a pirate, you can get away with a lot more. It, it's kind of like it's kind of like romantic crime. Like, you are there's, there's not as many people out on the seven yeah, seas. Yeah, exactly. Whereas in towns, people are always chasing you and saying, stop, thief, and oh my god, he's just murdered that guy. But on the sea, it's like, there's there's just the waves and the seagulls. So it's, uh, it's a lot easier. Okay. <laughs> that gives us a lot of food for thought, and maybe I will revisit some of those at some point in the near future. Yeah. Okay, before we grab a drinks break, um... Have you ever been noticed out and about by massive fans? Have you had to change your daily routines, you know, to uh, you have to shop in different shops? Are you always mugged? Funny you should say that, because last week I was in BM Bargains and someone stopped me and said, aren't you Belsiar off uh, Adventures Anonymous? And I said, yeah. And I said, I fucking hate that show. It's it's (laughs) bullshit. And I was like, well, thanks for the support anyway. And then they... They knocked a load of soup cans off the off the shelf and walked away. Very strange experience. While shouting, sock of corn, sock of corn, <laughs> sock of corn. <laughs> All right. Go back to retirement, President. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But apart from that. Yeah. And finally, interestingly, have any of your nearest and dearest or family ever listened to the podcast? And if so, <laughs> what do they think about it? Uh, I haven't told my I haven't told any of my family about this. Wow! Uh, nah, they wouldn't get it. They they wouldn't. Mum and dad wouldn't even understand what a podcast is. Never mind getting into D and D tabletop RPGs, actual play. It's just it's too much. Is Winston ever present? Does Winston listen? Uh, yeah, he's he's here live. I don't know where he is right now, but. Raggy? Somewhere down there. Uh, no, my, my partner uh, has no interest in D&D. When I come home, he's like, how is D&D? Just say good or bad, and then stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's interesting. That's the equivalent. How was your day at work? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Okay, okay. It's definitely the equivalent of that. This is definitely a day of work. Parent, any parent, parents ever... Do you ever tell your parents what you do in your spare time? No. Uh, no, I, I don't know about D&D, but I don't give them the, the specifics. That's all right. There you go. All right, all right. I like, I'm liking the level of risk we're taking here. And finally, uh, before we all go and refresh our drinks, come on, Matt. Somebody, you must have told somebody. I, I told, I can't remember quite exactly what it was, but I remember my my sister said, like, oh, are you free on Thursday night? And I, and I felt very pleased to say, no, that's the night we record our podcast. And she was like, you're not on a podcast. And I was like, yes, I am. We're number 70 in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> and I felt so proud that I could, like, go, here we are on Spotify. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's interesting. Because um, I'm the other way around. As Chanel says, I'm a show pony. I never shut the fuck up about it. I accidentally mentioned it at a family <laughs> reunion 
and uh, had to have a long my, my nephew Ben if you're listening I know he listens and follows us on social media um, and yeah I'm not 100% sure my dad fully understands what the fuck I'm doing I don't think he listens if I'm being brutally honest and uh, I did once play D&D in front of my mum and she recorded it on her phone and plays it at every opportunity in front of anybody. Um, she <laughs> this is my it, son, the Dungeon Master. This is my son, the Dungeon Master. <laughs> well, I didn't realize she was Bora. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. My mum is from Kazakhstan. Um, I is nice. <laughs> so yeah, no, I'm just, I'm just, just curious. Uh, and obviously, Shan, it would be hard to hide it from Shan as she is Maud. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I'm the other way around. I never shut the fuck up about it, and it gets embarrassing. I mentioned it in my job interview, uh, and I somehow still managed to get the job. And um, <laughs> yeah, yeah I just, I just, just curious. Mostly because there's so many podcasts. There are millions and millions and millions and millions of podcasts, and we are merely a drop in the ocean. And our level of obscurity is massive. Um, but yeah, I, I just thought I'd throw that in there as a as a bit of a mixer. I feel like your risk level is lower though, because like you're the DM, so you're How like dare principal. you. Like I shout yeah. things, I do really weird things. So off the top of my head, I have improvised uh, no end of dodgy accents geographically. Mm-hmm. We've had Tatty in a scatological sewer with a tampon in his mouth. We had a child with spiders exploding out of his nose. I feel like my <laughs> risk level is <clears throat> is up there, but um, yeah. It's uh, merely curious. Right, we're going to pause for a drinks break there. When we come back, we are going to have the great quiz. So we'll have about a 10-minute drinks break, and then we will come back. Yay! All right, see you in a minute. You're doing our theme tune, Matt. Yeah, that's, that's our theme tune, right? Yeah. Something like that. After much technical difficulties with the horseshit platform that is Squadcast, uh, we are back. That was fun. Not even in the same session. Had to start multiple sessions to get the bloody platform working. So I thought we would have ourselves a little quiz just for shits and giggles with a... um, Now, the world of fantasy is a broad church and... um, it's got some pretty crazy um, titles, names, and characters in it. So I thought we would have a section called Fact or Fictitious, where I name you the title of a book, and you need to tell me whether that is a real book or whether I have made it up off the top of my fucking head. Now, you're all going to be working individually, and the person with the highest score, I may well give some XP to. So. Well, are we are we are we like buzzing in with our answers, or are we just writing them down? Well, I think we should buzz in. I mean, this is a democracy, but I'm a dictator, so uh, I don't think you know what a democracy is or a dictator. I, 
<laughs> wow. What is that? Testing my button. I thought you had a finished presidential speech or something like that. I thought that might that, that might get lost. That's not as snappy. It's true. Sorry, politics. <laughs> okay, yeah, politi- politics is overrated. Uh, right, Raggy, what's your sound? Grrr. That's amazing. Like like an aging panther. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Chris Neal, what is your noise? Meow. Oh. Amazing. And with that broad pantheon of noises, I feel like we should be just fine. Right, does everyone understand the rules? Fact or fictitious? All I need you to do is tell me whether this book title is true or false. Is it real? Could you buy it on Amazon right now? Or have I made it up out of my disgustingly perverted mind? Now, please don't cheat. I know you can cheat. I know there's no such thing as a pub quiz anymore with the internet. I'm not going to ask you to keep your hands where I can see them because that's not how this podcast works. But Adventurers Anonymous will we'll never ask you. To, we'll never ask you to keep your hands where we can see. Them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's the promise. Don't make don't make promises. Your hands can't keep. Hmm. Uh, right, book number one: the big book of lesbian horse stories. Is that Meow. fact or fiction? Meow. All right, starting with Chris Neal. What are you saying? Pure, one hundred percent fact. Ooh. Chris Rag, what are you saying? The big book of lesbian horse stories. Grr. Fact. Fact. Mr. Durant, what say you? <laughs> False. False. <laughs> you would be amazed to know that the big book of lesbian horse stories is available now on Amazon from Elisa Circus and Monica Nolan. It's it's a true it's a true book. So, I mean, I feel Google, like this Google is the obvious the question. Big, the big book of lesbian horse stories. You go at that. Is it, is it about lesbian horses? No, it's about encounters that happen between lesbians whilst looking after horses. It reminds me of, like, the Duchess from um, My Dad Wrote a Porno. <laughs> yes, that's <laughs> it. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Shout out to wow. the authors. I, I mean, great work. Wow. The original body, body adventuring podcast. I do highly recommend that our listeners go out and find the cover of the Big Book of Lesbian Horror Stories. It is transformative. Uh, right, round two: the Lust Lizard of Melancholy Cove. Grr, false, made up. Who's? Oh, come on! You got it. You got it. Oh, you did your grr. Sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's a very passive grr. Sorry, it's a very passive panther. Her. Uh, meow. All right. Uh, fact. All right. Ah. Ooh, the Lost Lizard of Melancholy Cove. Uh, fiction. Fiction. I'm afraid the Lost Lizard of Melancholy Cove is available now on Amazon, <laughs> meaning Mr. Neil pushes wise. into the lead with two points. You can find The Lost Lizard or Melancholy Cove from Christopher Moore right now for a bargain price on Amazon. I really thought you were going to say, by Chris Neal. <laughs> by Chris Neal. <laughs> pen, nail, ste- pen name, Stephanie Mayer. Chris yeah. Neal. Yeah. All, of these, okay. all of these authors are just AJ's ghostwriter names. <laughs> they, they surely are. They surely are. Okay. 
Question number three. Rimwood bound. Fact. This is crazy. Um. <laughs> <laughs> what say Fact. you, Matt Durant? Rimwood bound. Fact. Okay. Stop Googling it, Raggy. I can see you. He's not He's going to end badly. He's, he's, he's Googling Rimwood Bound. Don't eat it. It's already in my search history. <laughs> <laughs> he has a shortcut on his home screen. <laughs> Just go straight to it. Straight to it. It's like a Google alert. <laughs> and you, you're, you're borrowing someone else's computer and you press R and the first thing that comes up is Rim, Rimwood Bound. <laughs> <laughs> uh, get that meme on the socials. Oh. <laughs> Hashtag Rimwood Bound. Name of the episode. Oh, is it a tricky one? I could see this definitely being being a thing, but... But if it was a thing, Raggy, what would it be? What would the book be about? I think we all know what it would be about. It could be a flat earth novel. So is it, is it, is it Rimwood? No, not Rimwood, you pervert. Rimwood, like Northwood. Or like... So W-A-R-D. Yeah, like outbound. Rimwood, like towards the rim. Heading towards the rim. Not oh, rim wood. Rim and then wood trees. Yeah. Rim wood. Definitely. No, 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 no. No. Like outbound. Rim wood. So rim are they wood being bound. drawn towards the rim? Yes. You're very much being attracted towards the rim. Speak for yourself. Wow. The podcast is predominantly male, pale, and stale. That's a particularly <laughs> insipid comment. Grr. False. <laughs> okay. Uh, that just leaves Chris Neal. What are you saying, Wolf Botherer? True. 100% true. Well, I can tell you right now that Rimwood Bound is a product of my imagination, which means, which means Chris Rag has pulled back to a draw and Matt Durant knows nothing. The level of Matt Durant's discernment you, is, is terrifying. Stitch up. As I get more points, my gurus become more useful. <laughs> what, what are you buzzing in for right now, Matt? Right? <laughs> just, you know, like point for just like pressing my button. It's just heckling. I bet you do like pressing your button whilst you're in with Heckle, heckle, heckle. <laughs> okay, question four. The Presbyterian Guide to Pole Dancing. Can I get a definition for the dyslexic? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say... <laughs> Uh, what does that mean? What does that first word mean? Presbyterian. The Presbyterian, part of the Presbyterian Church. Like, it's a denomination, it's a uh, grouping of the Christian Church. Okay. Like the Methodists, or the Baptists, or the Anglicans. Sorry I if I've missed out your particular flavour of Christianity, uh, uh, but we're not are they, are they a particularly slutty denomination? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know if they were... I think they're more on kind of the progressive end, but I don't think they're full-on pole dancing, are they? I don't know. I'm kind of like, is it, you know, like the kind of feminist taking back your sexuality argument? Is it kind of that, but from a, a religious standpoint? You're saying this is to, this is to uh, religious sects what post-feminism is to, uh, to feminists? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's my body, it's my religion. Just because I'm doing this doesn't mean I'm slow. Mm. Yeah, I'm just okay. And sharing my stuff. You know what? Grr, true, true. All right, okay. Raggy, uh, that is a solid first answer, right? Uh, 
Chris Neal, there's no time on this. You take your time. You debate this as much as you need. You want to have a discourse with... See, I can't see what Matt Durant's doing, but I'm, I'm, I'm hoping he's not Googling it because these are all easily Googleable books. Oh, I'm not, I'm not Googling it. I'm just selecting my next uh, uh, rap air horn. Uh, uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say true for different reasons. (laughs) They're hella progressive. Mazarant, the Presbyterian guide to pole dancing. Is it fact or is it fictitious? I'm gonna say fictitious. I think that's too that's too far for the Presbyterians. Well, they might not have written it though. I was gonna say. (laughs) I can tell you right now. I made it up. Doesn't ah. exist, which means Matt Durant has clawed back one point. Oh man. He is he might be at the back, he might not be a sure thing, but he has clawed back a point. Okay. Can I confirm that you've Googled your fake ones to make sure that you've not actually made a fake one that is a real one? How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? I'm sponsored by every single one of these artists. Um okay. On to, and this is topical because it's almost happened within within the bounds of with our podcast. The book reusing old graves is it fact or is it fictitious? Reusing. That's got to be a giraffe. <laughs> I'm going to say that's real. Okay. I kind of feel like this could be like a journal article by like you know like how do we get like sustainable. We you we reuse the graves. A journal a journal article by a scientist, but it's <laughs> and and they're like a university scientist, but it's not a good university. Uh, it's like <laughs> like <laughs> Sheffield oh, Hallam or South Bank. Whoa! Did you just besmirch Sheffield Hallam? I did. As alumni, it's our right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can take a shit on our university because we you, you know, it's, 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 it's a polytechnic. I think you're no, it's, it's a real university. They upgraded it. Much like Northampton being a city, even though everyone knows it isn't, we can say that Sheffield Hallam is a university. What's your alter AJ? <laughs> oh, shout out to uh, Northampton. <laughs> little literal shots fired. If you've ever <laughs> been, if you've ever been to the bus station in Northampton, it's a big time. He's got culture. Yeah. Um, reusing old graves. Now, when you dig a grave six feet deep, that leaves you at least four feet to put other people in it. What are we thinking, Neil and Raggy? Is reusing old graves fact or fictitious? Girl. <laughs> fictitious. Fictitious. No fact. Ooh! Okay, I'll, I'll let you change your mind. I'm not a dictator. I know I sound like one. I know I behave like one, but I'm a benevolent overlord. So you okay, sh- fact. You, you changed to fact. What did What did Matt say? Fact. fact. I think that's real, yeah. I, I think it's... Oh. Reusing old graves. Which, listeners, ties in very nicely to an episode we once had where they had to desecrate a bunch of graves to try and find a magical MacGuffin. We didn't dig new ones. Desecration is such a loaded term. I mean, did you do it in a holy manner? There was a holy man with us. He's a pervert. <laughs> You're a pervert. You're a pervert, and that's real. Okay, thank you very much. That's that's very kind of you. Okie dokie. 
Come on, Mr. Neil, this is this isn't mastermind, but I am gonna have to rush you for an answer because I can see from here the Raggy is on his phone. I just I don't know what that means. He might be checking his holiday snaps, he might be buying a copy. I just said I just said that's real. Oh, sorry, 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 I apologize. Right, we've got three reels. Never has this group been more sure of anything than the fact that they could go right now onto Amazon and buy reusing old graves. And they would be correct, because you can buy that from Douglas Davies and Alistair Shaw right now. I knew it. It has some very interesting points about how we could be saving on space and helping society by stacking our dead up. I called it. Grave style. Okay. Shout Shout out to Douglas Davies and Alistair Shaw. Helping us get past the grave threat of climate change. Hey. So, in the lead, we have Chris Neal and Chris Rag with three points. And coming up the rear, we have Matt Durant with two points. This is a neck-to-neck competition. I, I just I just want to mention I've uh, Googled Goodreads for reusing all graves, and someone's given it one-star review saying, why does, why does this book focus on, focus on British attitudes about old graves? As an American, I believe it's because of a severe anti-American sentiment in Europe. <laughs> I think we need to redress this in the United Nations. Thank you. <laughs> At least he's polite. There's a, there's a classic anti-American grave in, in the grave industry uh, bias. A huge bias. Just toss everyone into the sea. That's what I say. Okay. Halfway through this quiz, question number six. Is the book... How to lose your bestial virginity. Yeah, what? Sorry. True. How to lose your bestial virginity. Is it fact or is it fictitious? Bestial. Like, um, how to lose your bestiality. Uh, that's what I thought it was. Okay. You're such an innocent, like you've never been to Wales. <laughs> sorry to the Welsh, you were low hanging fruit. There's been a lot of low hanging fruits today. How to lose your bestial virginity. Grr, false. I don't think the people that would lose their best virginity would use such language. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say, I don't think the people that need to lose their best virginity need a guide <laughs> for how to do it. <laughs> I think it maybe might be more animal specific. It's not like, I want to fuck, I want to fuck an animal. I don't care which animal. Just tell me which one to go for. Tell me the entry level animal. Yeah. It's true. It's true, like, fucking a badger is very different to fucking a giraffe. But I'm not here to judge. Like, somebody might be cashing the checks and the royalties on this. So, so far we've had rag with false. What say you, Matt Durant? How to lose your bestial virginity? Um, I'd say that's false. I think think Amazon would probably draw the line at actual cow sex. It doesn't have to be a cow. You can fuck a bull too. Are we? Are we? Are we saying that that is a metric of all the ones that are real that they're available on Amazon? Yeah, I guess you you, you never technically said it had to be on because I guess anyone can publish a. Yeah, anyone can publish anything. Exactly. Um. Fuck it. I think I. I think it's. I think it's true. Meow. In case you need that. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, point. No, it's void. void. You need fucking void. It's absolutely null and void. Null and void. How to lose your bestial virginity? 
is something I've often wondered myself. <laughs> Being from the home counties. That's why that's why that rescue dog we had had to go. Wow. That is not available. Uh, sorry, sorry, Chanel. It's not available as a book. Hashtag, hashtag pray for Bert. That's <laughs> a pray for Bert. We'll start a crowdfunding. Um, right. Which means after six questions, the scores are in joint last place, Chris Neal and Matt Durant with three points. And blazing out into the lead, kissing his own gun <laughs> that you can't see, is Chris Rag with four points. Right. Moving swiftly on. <laughs> Moving swiftly <Yeah>. on. <laughs> Question seven. Are you preempting what I'm going to say by what my how much I love? <clears throat> no. I was just doing a sad meow because I'm no longer in the joint lead. Okay. Question one, two, three, four, five, seven. Question number seven. Is the book How to Raise Your IQ by Eating Gifted Children? Fact or fictitious? That's how to raise your IQ by eating gifted children. You see, there's a couple of ways you can read this. Yes, you could, yes, you could think by eating, eating the brains and bodies of uh, intellectually gifted children. Or you could look at it another way. What if, you were, what if it's talking about a child that was gifted to you of any intellect? Mm. I mean, there's still, you know, even Neanderthal children have brain matter. You could still eat that, and that would that would grow your that would grow your intellect. As we all know, eating the the brain matter of another human being does substantially mm. increase. That, your that's beyond, that's that's yeah. It's just. I feel like why is it so specific? No, no. Like why is it focused on intellect? It should be like, how do you steal the gifts of a child by eating them? Like, mm. if they're a fast runner, can you become faster? Yeah. Like, is it just the intellect that we're talking about here? How to how how to find the sparkle in their eye and then steal it <laughs> is really the is really the, the like thing. Uh, the villain on Heroes. <laughs> oh, very just like Silent. <laughs> yeah, I can remember his name. So, how to raise your IQ by eating gifted children? What are we saying? This is crazy. Yes, Mr. Uh, I, I think not true. Okay. Girl. You, think, you think I'm a deviant? I think not true because it kind of it, like the title kind of says how to do it. It's like how to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you either give it a child, then you get intelligent. Like what? What other steps? Like you find a child, kill a child. Maybe it's yes. yes. yeah. trying to help you discern which children look thick and weak. <laughs> hey, who said you had to kill them? Maybe you can just nibble on them. Maybe just eating toenails is enough. So hang on, we've got two. We've got um, we've got two falses so far, Mister Neil. Unless you've already told me and I wasn't listening, I'm going to have to press you for an answer on how to raise your IQ by eating gifted children. Is that fact or fictitious? False. Three falses. Okay, false, false, false across the board. Unfortunately, how to raise your IQ by eating gifted children is a book that you can buy on Amazon right now. It's by Lewis Burke Froomes. And if you want to Google it, you can do. It's not got the most dynamic cover in the world, but it is a book about cannibalism. Get absolutely fucked. There goes Matt Durant. I think he's just found a copy of it. I like. I love that cover. It's so. Uh, it's so understated. Uh, how much is it retailing at? 
Uh, only four ninety nine on Kindle. Four ninety nine. There you go. Four ninety nine. You can find out how to raise your IQ by eating gifted the, children. The, the, the title's so poor. It should be like how to steal the IQ from a child, and then like, and then you can say <laughs> eat them, and then it's done. You know, <laughs> it's one page. <laughs> eat them, eat them, bro. You've given the game away in the Don't title. Don't bogart all the gifted children. <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, if I eat all of it, then I'm fine. There we go. Nearly, nearly at the end. Three more to go. Uh, the scores at this point are literally the same as they were before because all of you got that wrong. Right. Question number seven. Are you ready? Is the beginner's guide to sex in the afterlife fact or fiction? Guru, fact. <laughs> he fucking wrote it. <laughs> the beginner's guide to sex. <laughs> I I think that's got to be true. <laughs> what have you just Matt, said? What, Matt, what is this fucking review? All, oh, that, all, that's a, all caps. That's a, that's <laughs> Wait, a review no. for how to raise your IQ by eating children. Re- so in regular text, it says, I bought this for my exams and it was helpful, full stop. And then, you know, line break, line break, edit. All caps. I am now a living god. No one can stop me. Every time someone tries my power grow. There is no end to my power. I am not a man, but an angel of destruction, made to destroy the foolish mountains of man. They are. For they are. Did Dennis write I am a golden god. So presumably that's a review for how to raise your IQ by eating gifted children. Yes, yes. Yes. Wowzer. Well, there you go, people. That is available for the Princely Summer 499. Uh, Right, getting back to the beginner's guide to sex in the afterlife. I've got two answers. Matt Duran thinks it's uh, true, and Christopher Ragg thinks it's true. Chris Neal, what say you? The beginner's guide to sex in the afterlife. Should there be something after you close your eyes and say your last words? Are you planning on bumming someone? And do you need an instruction manual? And is it available? Meow. True. 100% true. 100% true. Well, I'm glad to tell you all that the Beginner's Guide to Sex in the Afterlife is available right now from David Stormer. Um, And you can track it down. Uh, I cannot guarantee how many copies are available and whether it is available in hardback. But it is available. Right, we're coming into the end game. And if you keep on locking out on scores like this, there can only be one winner. Question number nine. This one's in the fiction section, my friends. We've we've had a lot of uh, informative books. This one is called Mickey Moist Looks for Love. In 11 wrong places. Mickey Moist looks for love in 11 wrong places. It sounds like when Stan Lee tried to make like a, a erotic novel. Shout <laughs> <laughs> out to Stan Lee. R.I.P. R.I.P. Stan Lee. I thought we'd take a little bit of a foray into the fiction section because we've had a lot of informative books. So Mickey Moist looks for love. In 11 wrong places. We've lost Chris, Neil. (laughs) What say you? Meow. True. Has to be true. God. Mickey Moist looks for love 
in 11 wrong places, which is a very specific number. Grr, true. What say you, Matt Durant? As a man who has pinned down a life partner in a sauna, that sounds wrong now that I say it. Do you think that... <laughs> as, as an expert on moist environments... <laughs> 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 how, did, how did that one liner not come with its own fucking button? Oh man! Jesus. Whether it's a dank cellar or a steam room, Matt's the Matt's the Matt's there. Matt's the man. <laughs> um, you've got eleven wrong places, and he's got just the thing. <laughs> I'm just like, do I do I want to live in a world where AJ has seen this on a website, thinks it's funny, and includes it on the quiz, or do I want to live in a world where AJ has come out with this from his head, <laughs> his head, as inside his brain he has thought of these words, put them together, and has written them down. Um, and I think for our own sanity, I have to believe that that's a real thing, because the alternative is that. You came up with that. And I don't want to believe that. I don't want to believe that it's possible. Just so we can get it out there on the public record, Mickey Moist looks for love in 11 wrong places is a complete product of my imagination. (laughs) So no one gets any points in that. (laughs) Which means we are in a position going into the final round this is the final question and we have the scores are a complete draw every single one of you motherfuckers i'm in the lead he's in the lead i was in the lead and then we've all said the same answer since yeah so i think he's got five and me and matt have both got four one two three four oh yes sorry you're quite right motherfucker I can't believe the government lets you do maths. Chris Rag is in the lead. Would you like me to go first? So then, like, you guys have the option of, like, sticking or twisting. So, like, cause, like if, if you go, if you both go the same answer, and then I'm like, well, I'll just go the same answer, because then, then I win. Actually, yeah, that's a good point. Then, like, if I go yes, first, indeed. Right. Sorry. We'll just recap on that. In last place, joint last place, Chris Neal, Matt Duran to four points, splooging out into the lead, flinging his fecal. Fury is Matt Durant, not Matt Durant, Jesus Christ, I've had too many free rums today. In the lead is Chris Rag with five points. It's fine, we'll edit that out of the podcast and nobody will know. So, coming into the last round, who's going to topple Chris Rag's lead? The final question is the book Images You Should Not Masturbate To? Fact or fictitious? Fact. Meow. Fictitious. Okay. You got you got ah, to go for the draw. Exactly. I'm going to go with the the winner so far and say fact. Fact. I can tell you right now from long and hard experience that images you should not masturbate to is readily available. I thought it was. Yeah, give that a Google, Matt. Have a look at the cover. It's, I want to say it's, it does what it does on the tin. Does it actually show you the images or is it just like a list of images that you should not masturbate to? 
Uh, I've only seen the cover. I'm not going to lie, listeners. It's got, it's got like, references to like old old porn magazines and like page numbers and stuff. I think it just goes in like, don't masturbate to anything, you weirdo. Yeah. Put your dick down. Have you heard a thing called abstinence? <laughs> just like really aggressive. Yeah. Really. I want to see whether Matt Durant has found it or just found a random Google search for images you should not masturbate to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's now, it's I now- think I... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the one of... Okay, so so for... Yeah, so there's a, there's uh, examples are a gherkin, some gloves, a half-eaten donut, a, a statue holding a, a rod, um, a toilet seat, and a, and a, and a ship sinking which is i gotta say oddly erotic like the the ship is kind of majestic in its in its sinking um are you the kind of person that knocks one's out knocks one out to das boot because that for me the cover that i saw whilst doing endless research for this was a naked man an old man with a wrinkly bottom standing in his ice in, in basically, he, he, there was an old man, and he was ice fishing, and he had an axe, and he was smashing a hole into the ice to make a watery hole, and he had his wrinkly ass out. And from my point of view, that's expert level porn. Like that's off the charts. Right? There's a lot of elements to that. There must be someone out there who's like, "Oh, that is just my scene." Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, I mean, pornography is a broad church. Um, there's probably people that masturbate to the staples in the middle of the magazine, but it, yeah, you know, sorry, you're all young, aren't you? You're, I mean, what, porn used to be a physical medium. You mean the crease be- be between the Z fold phone? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, porn, porn, <laughs> Z fold phone. Yeah. Porn didn't always exist in the cloud. I hate to be the one that tells you that. You know, porn used to be something you could hand down to your like grandchildren used to be a physical thing that you could store under a mattress and it would mature with age. I had some porn VHSs. Anyone? No? Not on VHS. Oh, yeah, man. Porn VHS, yeah, Yeah, absolutely. One time, shit. Let's hope that my parents don't listen to this. I had porn on VHS, and the thing that you never want to happen, and you possibly (laughs) are younger than me, you will never appreciate this. I put a pornographic video, let's say it was called Schindler's Fist for the sake of Whatever. And I put it into the front of historical accuracy. Thank you. And I put it into the front of the video machine, and I pressed play, and there was a blah 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 blah, blah noise, and I looked over, and loads of um, school oh, no. like had come out the front, and I was like, "Fuck! How am I going to explain to my dad?" Like when they take it to the video store and they crack it open, and they're like, "It's got Schindler's fist in it." So I had to get a screwdriver and fix the fucking VHS machine. You think a danger wank is dangerous? That's on another level. Just saying. That's that's me- yeah, mechanical mechanical failure. You can get pills for mechanical that. Mechanical failure. <laughs> 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 that's a shock to look on Chris and Chris's face. <laughs> Absolutely yeah. nothing to say at this point. I was I was just blown away by uh, by the by the feedback. Yeah, there you go. Right, and on that auspicious note. Do any of you have anything else to add to this discourse? How much How much XP does Chris Rag win? <laughs> there we go. Right. We have a surefire winner. You can always back this green-skinned horse. It is Chris Rag. 
Chris Rag, I'm going to give you 250 points of free XP. You can do whatever, whatever the fuck you want with that. Grr. That's creepy as fuck. Sounds like a Klingon handle. <laughs> um, right. You can have 250 free XP points. If any actual listeners have made it this far, you can fight me for giving people XP outside of game time, but I don't give a shit. Come meet me in the comments and we can spar intellectually. But in the meantime, just remember, kids, if you want to support a local artist, you can buy the Big Book of Lesbian Horse Stories from Elisa Circus and Monica Nolan. You can buy The Lost Lizard of Melancholy Cove from Christopher Moore. You can buy Reusing Old Graves from Douglas Davies and Alistair Shaw. You can also buy How to Raise Your IQ by Eating Gifted Children from Lewis Burke Fruits. You can buy The Beginner's Guide to Sex in the Afterlife from David Stromer. And you can also buy the highly instructive artistic book Images You Should Not Masturbate To by Graham Johnson and Ron Hibbert. If you if you need a hand finding them, listeners, they're all in uh, AJ's Amazon wish list. <laughs> True. I mean, they were all on Chanel's bookshelf over there. That's how I knew they were real. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. I just, want to, I just want to share a review for uh, the big book of Lesbian horse stories from uh, Amazon customer from Canada. Four stars is okay. Readable. (laughs) 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 Oh dear God! Right, I I love reviews that are like amazing. Best meal I ever had. Two stars. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had the best meal I've ever had yesterday. This does not top it. Aces are high. <laughs> One star. Just I like, mean, three, three stars is a recommendation, right? And yeah. as long as, yeah. as long as it doesn't give you ringworm, it's basically a recommendation on some level. Wait, what are we reviewing right now? Anything. Pictures to want to, I guess. Ooh. This book gave me ringworm. <laughs> four, four stars, readable. <laughs> <laughs> your, your parents never told you to cut that out, otherwise you'd get ringworm. Like, no parent. <laughs> no, I was just looking at it for the story. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Right, I'm going to draw a line under this debacle right now. So, with that, does anyone have any pithy words to leave our listeners with? Love you, mate. Just, just one thing from me. Uh, again, reiter- reiterating, uh, Adventurers Anonymous podcast, uh, and our promise, we'll never ask you to, to, to show us your hands. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. That's creepy note to finish on, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. We will never ask you to show us your hands. We're very much a waste up podcast, uh, right? And on that note, we're going to say a big goodbye. Look after yourselves, and we will be back for one of our usually scheduled storyline episodes next week. Thank you very much for joining us. And thank you very much to the hardworking authors who penned all of those absolute page turners. And we'll see you back here for more Shits and Giggles next week. Hey there, pod. So that's it. That's all we can hope to achieve for this week. And we're all off to refill our drinks and go and crack open a copy of Mickey Moist Looks for Love in 11 Wrong Places. 
But before we go, we just wanted to say that we really appreciate you tuning in for another dollop of fun-packed fantasy fuck nuggetry. And being that you've made it this far, why not consider hitting that subscribe button and never missing another episode again? But yet, if you're feeling saucy, why not give us a five-star review on whatever podcasting platform you are on? It really does help us, I promise. We've got to get back into those Apple podcasting charts somehow. As ever, you can find us all across the socials. We are on Twitter, at AdventurersANO1. You can also find us on Instagram, where you can find evidence of our recent podcast shenanigans. So, that just leaves time to say a huge goodbye from Chris, Matt, Raggy, and myself. With any luck, we'll see you back here next week. Happy adventuring, my friends. And remember, stay tipsy. Stay tipsy.